What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Dylan LeClaire is the senior market analyst at UTXO Management. He also writes a newsletter with Bitcoin Magazine. In this conversation, we talk about Bitcoin, on-chain metrics. We talk about Bitcoin's price, the market structure, and what to expect in the coming weeks. I really enjoyed this conversation with Dylan, and I hope you do as well. Before we get into this episode, though, I want to quickly talk about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FTX US. FTX.US is the safe, regulated way to buy and sell Bitcoin and other digital assets. You can trade crypto with up to 85% lower fees than top competitors. There are no fixed minimum fees, no ACH transaction fees, and no withdrawal fees either. FTX.US is also the only leading exchange that supports both Ethereum and Solana NFTs. Download the FTX app today and use referral code POMP to earn these free crypto on every trade over $10. The more you trade, the more you earn. Go download the FTX app today and use referral code POMP. Today's episode is brought to you by Brave. Brave Wallet is the first secure crypto wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. What's Web3? Web3 is freedom from big tech and Wall Street, more control and better privacy. But there's a weak point in Web3, your crypto wallet. Most wallets are browser extensions, a Web2 technology. That means the same old risks, app spoofing, phishing scams, and theft. Brave Wallet is different. Brave Wallet is the first secure wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. No extension required. With Brave Wallet, you can buy, store, send, and swap assets, manage NFTs, even connect other wallets and dApps, all from the security of the best privacy browser on the market. Whether you're new to crypto or a seasoned pro, it's time to ditch those risky extensions. It's time to switch to Brave Wallet. Download Brave at brave.com slash pomp and click the wallet icon to get started. Again, go download Brave at brave.com slash pomp and click the wallet icon to get started. Today's episode is sponsored by the Bitcoin 2022 conference. Bitcoin 2022 is the largest Bitcoin event in the world that takes place April 6th through the 9th in Miami Beach, Florida. All four days will be jam-packed with exclusive content, exciting announcements, and an incredible lineup of Bitcoin speakers, artists, and leaders. Day one is industry day for enterprising Bitcoiners who are looking to build a business or career within the ecosystem. Days two and three are general conference days featuring speakers like El Salvador President Nayib Bukele, CEOs like Michael Saylor, Elizabeth Stark, Jack Maulers, Adam Back, and hundreds more. The conference caps off on the fourth day with the world's first and largest Bitcoin music festival, Sound Money Fest, headlined by rapper and fellow Bitcoiner Logic, featuring artists K-Flay, Mo, Royal, and The Serpent, Apache, Asadi, and more. Stay tuned for the upcoming lineup announcement. Last year's conference sold out, and this year's is on pace to be three times larger, so make sure you grab your tickets before it's too late. Visit b.tc slash conference to learn more. Again, that's b.tc slash conference to learn more. Ticket prices increase on January 14th. Use promo code POMP for 10% off, and I will see you in Miami. All right, let's get in this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Let's get into first chart, Bitcoin price weighted by Perps Funding Gray. What, what are we watching here? All right, TLDR, uh, we're not seeing the sort of over leverage, like speculative sort of longs that we saw for much of 2021. If you think about the two local tops, 
uh, is really not, they're not the leverage and the kind of uh, sentiment and just uh, in terms of if you're just like quantifying um, these funding rates, just how much basically the longs are paying, uh, the kind of like the financing rate for, for going long Bitcoin, it's not there. So it's showing that this is really an organic bid. Um, and anecdotally, you know, Luna's buying what? LFG is buying $100, $200 million Bitcoin a day. Michael Saylor is coming in as well. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, kind of not this time is different per se. Um, and I still still like there's some macro certainty out there despite kind of a bounce in all risk assets uh, over the last couple of weeks. But in terms of being at 47K, uh, we haven't seen this low level of, of kind of speculative bid and been at this price level before. So it's pretty promising. All right. Next is the PERPS funding rate 24-hour average annualized. This is pretty much saying the exact same thing. Same thing, just another way to visualize it. So instead of just the, the funding rate that you get every eight hours, this is the annualized rate. And so you can really kind of see we've been persistently negative, meaning that longs have actually, for, for some of, or most of 2022, have been on and off, been getting paid actually to go margin long Bitcoin. So when you kind of see this level of, of bearishness and in, in Bitcoin derivatives, oftentimes, I mean, you could definitely go lower, but what it's really saying is derivative traders, speculators are actually not overly long and they're getting really, really defensive. Um, so we've seen um, kind of bottoms characterized throughout Bitcoin's history with this level of, of defensiveness from derivative traders. And it's gone lower before this kind of this funding rate. It's gone deeply negative in the past. And we haven't seen that. Uh, but just in terms of you know not being very overly long that we have in the past, this is a really good sign. OK. And then if we take a look at the Bitcoin percent futures OI crypto margin, this is just <laughs> falling off a cliff basically since May of last year. What's this telling us? Yeah, so kind of a mouthful of a title. What it means is that the kind of the the character of the Bitcoin derivative market, um, the collateralization of the Bitcoin derivative market. If you overlay the funding charts we showed with this, what what's kind of the story of 2021? Uh, Bitcoin goes parabolic. Uh, number go up forever. A bunch of people take their Bitcoin and pay a whole lot of of, of basically uh, funding or you pay a huge financing rate to go margin long Bitcoin on their Bitcoin. Uh, they all get wrecked, and at one point, open interest as um, like total Bitcoin derivative open interest was 70% collateralized with Bitcoin itself. So if you think about what Michael Saylor is doing, no one knows what his TVL is, like uh, his kind of how much he's borrowing versus how much he's putting down. But, you know, say he's putting a couple hundred million down and he's getting 200 million in return and Bitcoin can probably go down, you know, 50, 70%. But the character of, of what he's actually doing is he's taking Bitcoin and collateralizing it to buy more Bitcoin. And that's essentially what the derivative market did in mass in 2021. Now what we're seeing is stable coin margin, uh, which doesn't have that convex relationship to the downside. If you think about your, your collateral value going down as well as your position value going down, uh, that leads to forced liquidations. And so with stable coin margin, uh, th there's not that really bad relationship for, for those that are looking to long. And so in terms of just overall derivative market health, what these first slide, these first three slides should tell you is that we're in a much more you know, stable, uh, for lack of a better word, position than we were in the past. And it's a lot healthier. Got it. And then if we take a look, this is the money chart to me. This is the most money. important chart at the moment. We're at $48,000 price point. Uh, there's a persistent bid in the market. And you tweeted yesterday that the percent of the supply last active more than one year ago, this is what, second highest, highest it's ever been? Yep. Uh, so we're about, I think in terms of percentage, uh, percentage terms, it's about uh, 0.3% from its all-time high of coins that haven't moved in a year. In aggregate terms, it's at an all-time high. Um, back of the napkin math, somewhere around 11 million or so, uh, 11 and a half million coins haven't moved in a year. 
And so this is what you have. This is the reality. And this is why we, I pay attention uh, to on-chain analytics. And this is why Bitcoin, uh, that, that number go up technology is you have a relentless cohort of stackers and hodlers all over the world that are buyers of any price. And because of the absolute scarcity, because of the supply and elasticity, Bitcoin will find a bid because of these relentless marginal buyers as marginal sellers get exhausted. That's just the reality of it. And something like this, where you see uh, Bitcoin's never been more kind of scarcer or more tightly held over a one-year time frame, uh, just kind of validates that thesis. We can kind of feel it anecdotally when you're talking to Bitcoin hodlers, uh, but this is really just a way of showing it. Like the supply shock, the reason Bitcoin goes parabolic is because marginal sellers get exhausted and new money that comes in has to bid up the price. And so I'm not saying that we're there yet or we're going to go parabolic over the next four months. It's no guarantee but what it's showing is that supply held for over years has never been this tight. And I expect this trend to, to continue to go up. It's quite exciting. I wrote this morning all about this idea that in September of 2020, as you pointed out, we were at uh, all time high in the supply illiquidity and we had two persistent buyers. We had micro strategy in the market. We had GBT uh, with the arbitrage trade, just pouring billions of dollars in. We went from 10,000 to 64,000 between basically uh, end of September, 2020 until March of 2021. So kind of that four to seven month time period. Now, when we think about that, again, the illiquidity matches, we see that for sure in the on-chain metrics like you're pointing out here. We do know of one persistent buyer buying $125 million or so a day at the moment. That's about 300% of the daily incoming supply. Will we get other persistent buyers in what size? That's all up for question. But I think what you're outlining here is when this much illiquidity is in the market and you have any amount of persistent buying pressure, it has to move the price in order to accommodate everyone. Is that kind of a fair categorization? Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, more so just the, the trend is, and I see a lot of, you know, Bitcoin maximalists that will, that love what, that, what Luna's doing or that hate it, uh, you know, and there's, some, you know, for some reason, there's not really a middle ground. But I think the reality is what Do Kwan is doing is completely rational. He realized that and, and he just, you know, if you listen to his talks, it was, you know, we basically or Do Kwan rather, uh, we were looking for the best sort of collateral and we wanted something that was neutral and mutable and not not political in any sort of way. And it had a credible monetary policy. And if you're looking for that, the, the only answer you have in the world today is Bitcoin. It's not ETH, not Solana, not any other digital asset, not Luna itself, it's Bitcoin. Um, and so if we're just thinking about all protocols or stable algorithmic stable coins, right? If you go a level up, and I tweeted this at, and you know, we were bantering yesterday about this pomp. What is the next logical step if someone's watching what Luna's doing? And what essentially Luna's doing is they're using seniorage from the appreciation of the token. LFG is, is minting the Luna into UST, selling the UST for Tether and buying Bitcoin. Okay, long form, they're using Luna Seniorage to purchase Bitcoin. What's the rational action for every single uh, entity that can use Seniorage, aka legacy banks, nation states? It's to acquire the hardest money collateral the world's ever seen to back your currency. And I think it's a no-brainer and something that not a lot of people have, have understood yet. Uh, but that's, that's what really drives Bitcoin into outrageous figures that no one can think possible is backing your weak, unbacked fiat currency with absolutely scarce digital money. And I think that's that's the trend over the long term. Facts. You have the Treasury bond futures denominated in Bitcoin and NASDAQ denominated in Bitcoin. Uh, newsflash, they're going down. Uh, what, what is this? Is this just the, the continuation of the trend? 
Yeah, I mean, I just like to, it's just a fun thought experiment to denominate assets uh, in each other. You know, we can look at USD, but I think really, if you look at, you know, kind of relative performance of these asset classes, it's quite clear. If I didn't label the chart and just showed you bullish or bearish on this asset, what would you say? You'd say bearish, right? Denominating anything in Bitcoin really over a long-term time frame, uh, the chart looks terrible. And there's a reason for that. It's because Bitcoin's outperforming everything. Um, so treasury bonds are trending to zero in Bitcoin. Big tech is trending to zero in sound money and really most everything else. Um, and what we can say is, you know, we've preached this and we preached this, you know, while Bitcoin's down 50, 60 percent. If you denominate your standard of living in this, the soundest money over the long term, you, you'll do great. Um, and so it's tough to hold through volatility. It's tough to see your purchases down 40, 50, 30 percent, whatever it is. But long term, if your unit of account is is superior to others, you'll relatively outperform. And I think that's what we're seeing today. And that's going to be the trend for the next decade plus. Joe, John, what questions you guys got? Dylan, I just want to ask you about how you think uh, about cycles in general. Obviously, Bitcoin has acted slightly different this cycle than, than the previous ones. Do you think that this is kind of what we're going to see going forward? And just how do you think about uh, cycles in general? Yeah, um, I've kind of had a had a little bit of a thesis that the you know three year eighty percent drawdowns and bull bear cycles are somewhat concluded. Um, that Bitcoin's matured enough to where it's still very volatile, and because of these derivatives and legacy system volatility, right? Much of Bitcoin's recent drawdown from say November was because of legacy risk off um, and that beat and that USD denominator and BTC. But uh, I think for for the time or like you know for the future, what we're going to see is shorter term kind of um, maybe parabolic runs and then 50% drawdowns. Um, I think really that kind of prolonged cycle where Bitcoin was under the surface and didn't really get much much attention around the world other than just kind of being cypherpunk niche internet money. I think those days are slowly coming to an end, even though we still are definitely in a, in a big echo chamber uh, on Twitter and just you know being kind of the, the Bitcoiners in general. Um, but more and more increasingly, I think it's, it's relevance uh, at a nation state level, on a geopolitical level is, is stronger than ever. And for that reason, I think, you know, the days of Bitcoin dying for years on end and, you know, just everyone forgetting about it uh, relatively is, is somewhat over. John, what do you got? Dylan, my question is just a around like, is this a make or break moment for Bitcoin? We see Terra buying a bunch of Bitcoin. We see everything around the world basically acting as a perfect storm. Is this year going to be a make or break for Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean it's a make definitely definitely not a break, and I don't know if it uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know Bitcoin goes and appreciates by an order of magnitude this year. I'm certainly extremely bullish and uh, Palm. Funny enough, we, I was getting I was getting some heat yesterday saying, oh, "Weren't you bearish?" And I was like, <laughs> "I've gone go every single day and every single week and said I own more Bitcoin than ever." How the heck could you think I'm bearish? Yeah, like cautiously optimistic about the global economy because it doesn't look great, um, <laughs> but. I think in terms of make or break, you're seeing things like Exxon, right? They're saying, hey, we're, we're actually reducing methane flare through Bitcoin mining. All these things that were kind of like niche narrative talking points are actually coming to fruition. Um, you know, legal tender happened last year. I think we're going to get some fun announcements uh, in about two weeks at, in Miami at, at the conference. You're going to see other kind of huge developments like Russia saying, and not that we're a supporter of Russia, but they can use an apolitical neutral currency if they wish for global trade. Things like this, uh, we're, we're really kind of speeding up the, the event horizon faster than I think a lot of people thought. And for that reason, you know, exponential technology, exponential adoption, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bitcoin continue to rip. And some of these macro catalysts that we're talking about can definitely expedite it even further. When you start to think about sentiment right now, it feels like 
the energy is building. You can you can see it on Twitter. Bitcoin searches are up 20, 25% globally. Uh, you can feel that the uh, Terra announcement that they're going to buy $3 billion. I saw there was an article, maybe it was in the, uh, it was the, Block or uh, Wall Street Journal, somewhere I, I read uh, a bunch of OTC desks, or maybe it was, uh, actually I think it was Frank Shapiro was tweeting, OTC desks are saying that no one's trying to sell Bitcoin right now because they know there's a persistent bid in the market. Like, it just feels like it's building. Is that what you're seeing as well? Yeah, I mean, just price action alone, but yeah, I, I saw that tweet as well, and I think that's directionally head on. Uh, you know, who wants to sell when you know there's a huge buyer in the room? And I think uh, on a micro scale, that's the story of Bitcoin, is that there's a relentless amount of buyers and and bears, although they've had a you know pretty good few months here, uh, long term, if you're a bear on Bitcoin, you lose all your money. Um, uh, that's just kind of the, the harsh reality or, or, uh, of the situation is that, that absolute scarcity and a, a growing group of buyers of last resort leads to number go up. And it's it's quite that simple. I mean, people people like hate on the Bitcoiners for being dogmatic and all that other stuff. But once you come to that realization, uh, of, of there's buyers of last resort. It's absolutely scarce. We know where this is going. Then you can just kind of cut back the noise and, and, and enjoy the ride. I mean, the sentiment uh, was, was pretty bad a couple of weeks ago at 30 K, but you know, a lot of people got really good buys. And so maybe, maybe we uh, rocket to new highs here and still cautiously optimistic about, about credit markets and, and all of those other things that we've talked about. It seems like still the macro environment is kind of de- deteriorating, um, getting a yield curve inversion probably in the coming months. Uh, which has predated a recession since the 60s. Um, so those are the things that I'm watching for, but Bitcoin's relative outperformance is, is extremely strong. What, what's your biggest concern right now, or what's the one thing that would uh, make you change your mind? Uh, I mean, long-term for, for Bitcoin, it's it's truly, I mean, there's only really one thing. It's that if we saw hash rate basically fall off a cliff, which is not happening whatsoever, um, and I don't know what would spur that development, that's my long-term thing is, I expect hash rate for better or worse to go up forever. Um, and that sounds kind of crazy, but maybe forever is a little bit of a, <laughs> of an exaggeration, but over the short term, it's really just, uh, you see the dollar strengthening against a bunch of other fiats. You see the credit system, although it's bouncing, it's, it's, it's still somewhat uh, deteriorating and unwinding with, with uh, rather quickly. And so those are the things that just, that I'm just watching for in terms of uh, have nothing to really do with Bitcoin. It's just that USD strength, BTC USD is a trading pair. That's all I'm saying, and that's why people, I guess, are perceiving that I'm bearish. Uh, but really, if you're if you're in it for anything more than the next few months or the next maybe quarter or two, really, you should you should I mean, you should be stacking every day anyway, every day, every week, automate it, and and you're going to be a, a winner over the long run. Last question I have for you is uh, MicroStrategy, obviously taking the uh, the collateralized loan here, uh, doing so from Silvergate, which is an FDIC insured bank, uh, as you pointed out. What's the importance of that in the market? Yeah, I mean, I don't think people understand that Silver <laughs> Silvergate's a Fed member bank, right? So <laughs> they're they're collateralizing, they're taking Bitcoin collateral. It's a no loss business for Silvergate. Collateralized Bitcoin lending is a no loss business if it's done correctly. Um, and so I I don't know the details, I don't know the rate, I don't know the LTV, uh, but it's a no brainer for lenders. And really, um, at a you know at a certain market position as well as you know kind of an LTV, it's a no brainer for corporations, right? If you can get cheap debt. Uh, because it's over collateralized, then then why not? Um, and sailors obviously got a whole bunch of financing uh, and, and kind of debt instruments already. Uh, but it, I mean, it's really interesting. I expect more and more corporations and entities to do it themselves, as well as other banks, right? Like, why aren't why are we in this business? It's no loss uh, because it's over collateralized. And so 
think it's just a start. Uh, and I think that those wide scale speculative attacks are what sends Bitcoin uh, to six figures and beyond. It's uh, it's a pretty incredible time to uh, to watch this occur. Uh, it was just announced while we've been on here that a six hundred million dollar hack occurred with a uh, one of the uh, uh, bridges, the Ronin network, um, and uh, obviously Bitcoin security, uh, pretty damn important as more and more people start to uh, trust their economic value uh, in a network. So, not your keys, not your coins. That is true. That is true. All right. Where, uh, where can we send people to follow you on, uh, on Twitter or, uh, or subscribe to the newsletter? Yeah. You can just find me on Twitter at Dylan McClare underscore newsletters in the bio. We write about some of the stuff we're covering today. Uh, appreciate you guys bearing with me today. Sorry about the, the audio visual troubles, uh, tuning in from my phone, but hopefully that won't happen again. And, uh, everything goes smoothly next time. I think you're doing a great job. Who cares? If you got good ideas, you could be literally <laughs> yelling through a megaphone. Who cares? Smoke signals will take anything you got as long as we get the information. So I appreciate you coming on. And uh, next Tuesday, hopefully we'll be doing this in person for, uh, for the Bitcoin conference. Wow. In Miami, so have to see you guys. Come on down. Let's go. All right, buddy. Sounds good. See you later. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed this one. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And if you're looking to try to transition to get a new job in the Bitcoin or crypto industry, we've got you covered. Head over to pompscryptocourse.com. We've developed a curriculum with the top teams across the industry. It's a three-week intensive training program with over 50 events packed into that three-week time period. Go to pompscryptocourse.com to learn more. And I'll meet you guys for the next episode.